from post to post, from buckle to buckle, from bell to bell, from ringside to worldwide, from corner to corner with your host, Sean Kuiper and Neil Payne. The following announcement has been paid for by From Corner to Corner. For life. <laughs> Does anybody have an idea what tonight's show is about? It's going to be too sweet. <laughs> nice. That's a way to start off a show, right? You know, I mean, if you're going to do a show about the New World Order, you have to start it out like the New World Order would. I mean... You couldn't tell, but while the music was playing, I was playing the air guitar on my belt, and Neil was walking around with his hand stuck out to the side, leaning a little bit to the side to side. <laughs> so, how's it going, man? Man, it is going fantastic. A good week, right? Yeah. Listen, I had to take bread claws to the woodshed this week in fantasy football, so it was a good week. Anytime you can beat down bread claws... You know, he is the defending world champion in our fantasy football league, and I had the opportunity just to just to beat him down and crush his dreams. <laughs> well, I mean, since uh, oh wait a minute, that was someone else. I was going to say I took down Heiner's white bread a couple of weeks ago with all of my players on by. You did. So I mean, that was uh, that was a pretty sweet victory. We won't talk about that. Yeah, we won't talk about that. So. Anyways, so uh, nothing real big in the sports world or the wrestling world other than we do have a pay-per-view this weekend. We do, we do, and I think we're going to um, drop our TikTok video later. Yeah, Uh, try something a little different. Try something a little different, make our predictions via the talk. Yeah, and put a challenge out. So if you are a follower on TikTok, we're going to set it up to where you can go out and do the old... Uh, duet with us and pick your picks on the show too. So we're each going to do our tick, our, our picks, and then you can duet it and uh, you know let us know. We'll see who see who does the best on it. I mean, we already know that we have different choices on some of these matches. As so. we were talking about it. Yeah. So, well, uh, you got any missing the marks this week? I mean, you know, I always have missing the marks. Yeah. Because we're always missing the mark about something. <laughs> right. So I was, you know, unlike what some people think, I do dabble in a little AEW television from time to time. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I have picked up on is their follow-through on stories when on the on the seeds that they plant. We've talked about often about seeds being planted, right? AEW does a really good job of adding water and cultivating and sunlight to make these seeds sprout. And they turn into something a lot of times. Letting it stay on play rather than hit the fast forward button? Right. (laughs) So my first missing the mark is WWE not following through on a lot of these seeds they're planting. Yeah. Some of that is due to the budget cuts, you know, and that's a whole other topic for another for another segment. But you know, people get all bent out of shape about 
oh, well, they cut this guy and they cut that. And so Keith Lee, for example, okay, he was a big name that, yeah. I can't believe they cut Keith Lee. And I'm like, have you not been watching? They destroyed him from the minute they brought him from NXT. The mo- Well, actually, the moment he became the double champion in NXT, he was done. He never looked the same. That's true. It, it, it was over for him. But, you know, in all honesty, though, I th- he looked different in the ring. He did. He got very sloppy. Yep. It looked like maybe he put some weight on. I don't know. I know that he was sick, and I know he yeah. got really sick. Yeah. Uh, I don't know maybe if he was if he was dealing with that prior to him stepping away, but people are like, well, I can't believe they released Keith Lee. And I'm like, then you're obviously not watching. So, But the seeds were planted for Keith Lee to be a huge deal yeah. in the WWE. Yeah. But it just goes to the wayside. It's like Vince gives you one chance to connect with the fans. If that doesn't work, well, come back here, pal. Let's change you. And he brings you to the back. He gives you a new gimmick, new name, new music, new everything. Puts you back out. Well, of course you're not going to connect with the fans because it takes time. You can't just go plant seeds in the ground and expect to wake up the next morning and those seeds are producing fruit, you got to give it time. You think back, if they wouldn't have, if they wouldn't have given Stone Cold Steve Austin time, if they wouldn't have given The Rock time, if they wouldn't have given Triple H time, then they would have been dead in the water. Right. You got to let the characters evolve. You got to let things. You know, you plant the seeds, but you got to let things naturally happen. Right. I've said all along in turn, you know. The biggest plan they wanted to do was get Roman Reigns over as a face. Yeah. And I, I've told you, the easiest way to get Roman Reigns over as a face is to turn him heel. Yeah. Because our wrestling society now is trained that the bad guys are cool. Yeah. So, you know, Stone Cold, our topic tonight, the New World Order, they're supposed to be bad guys. They both became cool. So it became cool to like the bad guy. So my first missing the mark is WWE is not allowing the seeds that they plant the time to grow and flourish into anything. Yeah. And and I tell you what I really picked up on it, and a story that you and I have talked about that wrote itself, Adam Cole, Kenny Omega. If you don't see the fractures and the cracks in that relationship, in the elite, you're not paying attention. Right. I'm about ready to start a segment called You're Not Paying Attention. Well, and the and the the cool part about that is, as soon as Cole made his debut, the very next show, we were like, "This is what we would do." And guess what? It's happening. They're doing it. It's happening. Because, I mean, I know we're not like super all stars when it comes to stuff. We've talked about this with some of our fans. We just pay attention. And a lot of times people are like, I'm ah, just on. It's the fandom and stuff like that. We've talked about this so many times. We look at it completely different mm-hmm. to the point that sometimes we run it for ourselves. Right. Like, I, t- I still haven't watched any wrestling in like three weeks, four right. weeks. But I pay attention to what's going on. Right. You know, you don't have to watch the shows to know what's going on. Social media will tell you everything. Well, and it's kind of like a soap opera right now. Like, yeah. you can you can step away for four to six weeks, come yeah. back, and you can pick right back well, up. Well, we talked about this. I mean, this is the time of the year the WWE does not put out their best product. We're getting ready to start. They're going to get through 
No, they're going to get to the Survivor Series. They've turned Survivor Series into a throwaway pay-per-view, yeah. basically. Yeah, which we'll uh, talk about next week. We, we will. But they're going to get through December, and then they're going to start ramping back up. Right. R- Royal Rumble season. to WrestleMania, yeah. and then WrestleMania to SummerSlam. Yeah, that's, that's the six months. That's the season. Yep. That's the season. So you talk about planting seeds, mm-hmm. right? So you're first missing the mark. Plant seeds. For a show that we got coming up in a couple weeks, right, and and not only just planting seeds, but giving it time, right, to organically grow, right. So we're giving our show time to organically grow, right. Bingo. Well, my first missing the mark is also going to help plant some seeds about the upcoming show that we got coming up in a couple weeks. Tell okay. the title of that. Uh, the title is Corner Corner versus AEW versus WWE. It's like an us versus them situation. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to have a special guest. It's going to be a two-week episode, mm-hmm. and we're going to break down the current status of the WWE the in AEW and basically our takes on it. Um, one of our guests is a big AEW guy, so that's why we're bringing him in because he watches it more than we do. Right. Right. So speaking of AEW – the pay-per-view that we're going to make the picks on on our TikTok. Mm-hmm. We was looking at the card just a few minutes ago before we got started. Right. There's 34 total wrestlers on that card. Mm-hmm. Would you like to take a guess how many of them are recent WWE guys? It's double It's double digits. 14. 14 of the 34. 14. Almost 30% of the card are well, WWE guys. And three or four of them have no wrestling background at all because they're MMA fighters. Right. So it's yeah. really like 14 out of 30. Yeah. So my missing mark is <laughs> just the simple fact that we weren't going to go out and sign every single WWE guy. We didn't say that. Tony Khan did. Yeah. Tony and Tony Khan says we're oh, going oh, out. I'm sorry. Sorry. I, Tony Baloney. I, I, I messed up his name. Tony Baloney. Let's delete that. Back up. Okay. I didn't say that. Tony Baloney said that. Right. And – they just continue to keep signing them. And out of this new group, I bet half of them wind up in AEW. Listen, they just had Kalisto. Yeah. Kalisto. Yeah. If you're signing Kalisto, you 100% are just signing pe- people because they were in the WWE. Right. So, a small missing the mark, a major seed plant for, a show, for our show coming up. Because I think that's going to be... Two great weeks of a show. I do, too. Uh, but I just wanted to point out the fact of how many WWE guys were on the card. Well, since you – I do have one more missing mark. I, I do, too. And since you uh, were talking about the pay-per-view, if you've looked at the card, from top to bottom, it's a pretty good card. I don't know that many titles change hands, and we're going to talk about that on our TikTok. Right. But I expect the matches to be really good. They generally are. But – why in the heck we have the inner circle versus America's top team and the next guys or whatever Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page's name is, it makes no sense. Men like, of the year, I think, right? Men of the year. Yeah. So you just brought up number 14 to 34. You have three guys on, uh, on your inner circle, not named Hager, and not named Jericho, that are really good. You have Ortiz. He's really good. You have Santana. He's really good. 
and you have Sammy Guevara, who is really good. Yeah. And instead of focusing on these guys and letting them do, you know. Well, Sammy has thing. the title, right? Sammy's the TNT champion. Yeah. Or TNT champion, yes. Yeah. So he's not even defending his title. But instead, we're going to put him in there with MMA fighter Junior Dos Santos, Andre Orlovsky, and Dan Lambert. And you're going to have Paige Van Zant tell him she can whoop all five of them by herself. And then you got goofy Ethan Page over here, who really hasn't done anything since he left Impact. Right. And you see, I mean, he left Impact and he's he's struggling to get TV time. His former tag team partner just won the world title. Yeah. And then you have Scorpio Sky, who's nothing but a coattail rider of Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. Yeah. And it's a 10-man... 10-man street fight. Do you know how terrible that's going to be? Tell me the last time you watched a 10-man street fight that was good. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched one. But it's going to be longer than it needs to be. And and they're going to do goofy things. I bet somebody gets run over with a piece of uh, a vehicle of some sort. (laughs) You might be right. And if Hangman Page was in it, I'd say they'd get chased down with a horse and hog tied. Like... (laughs) But it's the same stuff that if it, if this same storyline was taking place in the WWE, fans would crap all over it and talk about how terrible it is. Yeah. And all, my biggest argument is I just want fans to be, listen, if you like it, that's fine. But don't crap, but don't just like it because it's not the WWE doing it. If it's crap, it's crap. Right. If it's bad, it's bad. You know, you can put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig. This match is not going to be good. Right. It doesn't need to happen. Chris Jericho, not not just Chris, Chris Jericho is doing some of the best work of his career right now at 50-plus years old. But those other four guys that are part of the inner circle, get them in storylines that matter. This is goofy and kooky, and it sucks. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. Well, uh, moving away from AEW for a second, I don't know. I was my second miss in the mark is I don't know if you saw this or not. I was telling you a little bit about it earlier. There's a story that kind of broke that it looks like they're going to move in the direction of doing a feud between Ray and Dominic Mysterio. It is amazing to me how much TV time these two guys have gotten in the last year. Yep. I mean, they had the feud with Rollins and where the family was, you know, Mysterio's family was in it. Buddy Murphy. I well, mean, the, Rollins was on Raw as the Monday Night Messiah. At he that went point. to SmackDown, and they kind of followed him, and now he's back on. Like, yeah, because so they did the draft. So Rollins has been two drafts. Rollins has been drafted twice since yeah. all this started. Yeah. So I mean, that's a long time for them to be on there, and they don't give time to anything else. Like, right. So. Apparently, Vince has wanted to end Ray's career with, I guess, Dominic going over on him. Ray has said multiple times that he wants to just, I'm hanging up my boots, I'm handing over the mask, and walk away. But Vince ain't going to let that happen. He's going to have to try to get the money out of it. The worst part about it is... It's going to be terrible television. Mm-hmm. It's not 
something that anybody wants to be emotionally attached on. They are basically to the point now that when they're on TV, that's time to go get something else to drink. Right. Right. I, I have no interest in watching the Mysterios anymore. Ray is way past his prime. Yeah. He's just not exciting anymore. And Dominic can't wrestle. Right. He's not any good. Like, and I don't – and the comment that you made when I was telling you about this this afternoon was, once this is over, what happens to Dominic? He's dead in the water. He's gone. Mm-hmm. He will never be Rey Mysterio 2.0. Nope. Right? It's not going to happen. He can't connect with the fans like Ray could. Right. Because Ray was five foot nothing. Yeah. And he was in there against big guys, and it it was the underdog card. Dominic's two foot taller than him. At least. Yeah. So, I am not looking forward to that, if that's what they're going to do. On top of that, I don't want to see Dominic wearing Ray's mask. Right. Like, that should be – it should retire with Ray. Right. I mean, it it doesn't work. And and, and I I think it – not only is it not going to work, I think it's also poor taste. Yeah. Yeah, because the only way that they can do it is to turn Dominic heel. Right. And then he's going to have to beat up on his dad. Right. But, you know, at at what point does Dominic go over? You know, I can't see Ray turning heel. You wouldn't think. But, I mean, if Ray turned heel and then Dominic was – maybe that's how Ray – maybe that's how Dominic could connect to the fans. But I don't know. It's not exciting TV for me to be looking forward to. I mean, it's here's, I will I will leave you with this. It tells you a lot about what they think of Dominic and his wrestling ability. That Bobby Lashley just took his spot on the Survivor Series team. Yeah, 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 for sure. Unless there's something going on that we didn't know about. I mean, or, he might be sick or 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 unless or unless they're using that to start the storyline. Yeah, that could be what. And it is. and I tend to think that's what it is. Yeah. So, anyways. All right, well, that's the Missing the March segment. So, are we ready for some new world order action? Why'd you just say it like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is there something wrong with the way I said it? Maybe it was just New, your... new, new, new world, world, world order. Maybe order. it was just your facial expressions. I don't know. <laughs> I did have some funky facial expressions there, too. So. I am. Listen. I'm excited to talk about this. And just to give a little a little background on this, we're not talking about the whole run of the New World Order. Right. We're basically talking about the first six or seven months. Yeah, 1996. From, yeah, from Scott Hall showing up on, on uh, Monday Night Nitro and saying, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. Started out as really good Scott Hall. Yeah. And then it went south. <laughs> You're talking about your impression right yeah, now? Yeah, it went <laughs> south. Um, so. You didn't have the toothpick. I didn't. I couldn't. But, so. A funny part is, is that last week my Missing the Mark section was the smart marks, the you know, the wrestling fans. The New World Order never works today. It, right. Because everybody knows. Right. I mean, can you imagine, I mean, if Scott Hall was, if all this took place today, everybody like, oh, Scott Hall's contract's up. I've been, I've, I broke into WWE headquarters and I took a copy of his contract and his contract's up. Right. He, it's up. He's going to show up on AEW. He's, it's up. I'm telling you. 
And like it's it's so bad. In so many ways, the internet is so great, but in so many ways, it is so bad when it comes to kayfabe wrestling. Right. Right. And and listen, I'm not the guy in the video that says it's still real to me and starts crying. Okay. But I like the kayfabe aspect. Okay. I like the fact that there's times that I'm surprised. Like Ed showing up at Royal Rumble. Right. Hardy Boys. Showing up at WrestleMania. Right. Like, when they want to keep it kayfabe, they can keep it kayfabe. Yeah. But, so, you have Scott Hall comes out, and I remember watching that Monday Night uh, that Monday Night Nitro. That's when we used to flip back and forth. And I was like, whoa. What's Razor Ramon doing there? Yeah. And you're like, and he, he delivers that promo. But you don't know why I'm here. And I'm like. Oh, jeez. You're right. I don't know why you're there. Why are you there? Is the WWF getting ready to invade WCW? Like, what is going on? Right. And then it's a week or two later, Kevin Nash comes. And he said, oh, this is where the big boys play, huh? You know, that, that, that he cuts that promo. And you're like, we got Razor Ramon and Diesel? What is going on? Yeah. I still say that Vince missed an opportunity whenever he bought WCW out to come out and cut a promo. And you know his, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. Him to pull the hood off and say, it was me. I sent them down there as a plant to destroy your company, and it worked. Yeah. He missed the mark on that. Right. But I digress. That would have been great television. He, yeah. sh- he should listen to me. Hey, you remember when Hall and Nash showed up? I yeah. did that. I sent them. Yes. I sent them to destroy your company. And it only took them five years. Four years. So, I digress. Yeah. So, Hall, Nash. Squirrel. Squirrel right. Sorry. Hall and Nash show up. Then they start talking about a third man. Yeah. And um, your mind's it's going to be Sting, right? Maybe. It's supposed to be Sting. It's supposed to be Sting. That's who everybody thinks it's going to be, yeah. Sting. And Sting tries, and, and we talked about this on our Sting episode, he tried vehemently to deny that. Right. I, it, it, it's not me. I did not do that. To the point that he had to deny, deny it so much that it literally turned him against the fans. Yes. He disappeared. Right. And he, his last promo he cut for over a year said, and you fans can stick it. Yeah. And I think a lot of that promo was legit. I think he was that put off with the fans that you turned on me that quickly and you had no proof. Right. So they keep talking about a third man. As we've gotten older, we have learned that, of course, that third man ended up being Hulk Hogan. Right. uh, Who was still... A pretty big deal in 96. Hulk Hogan has betrayed WCW. <laughs> right. Bobby Heenan's famous call. Well, he said, well, they said, here comes Hulk Hogan. And Heenan says, but whose side is he on? Right. People say that was Heenan spoiling the thing. I think it was Heenan putting that last bit of doubt in your mind. Because when you, as soon as you saw Hogan come out, you're like, here comes the Calvary. But then you had Heenan drop that line. It's like. Oh no! Like it can't, it can't be Hulk, can it? Like it's not going to be Hulk Hogan. Then it turns out to be Hulk Hogan. As we've gotten older and we've done some research and some reading and some listening, 
kind of like Hogan wasn't sure Andre was going to do the job at WrestleMania 3. Nobody knew that if Hulk was going to do the job at Bash at the Beach 96. He was very protective of his character. So they had other options. Sting was one of the other options. Mm -hmm. Also, the excellence of execution, Mr. Heiner's white bread himself, Brett the Hitman Hart was another option. Right. So if you think about those two for a second, Bret Hart works in the sense that he would be the third WWF guy. And he was pretty fresh, right? I mean, how long had, it been, had he been there? Not very long, right? He hadn't been there yet. He wasn't there yet. Oh, that's right. That's right. He doesn't... He doesn't leave until Survivor Series 97. So he's still almost 18 months away from being there. I don't know what his contract situation looked like. Yeah. But Brett works in the sense that it would have been a third WWF guy, and it would have looked like a absolute takeover. But it doesn't, it doesn't connect with the fans, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Sting... I don't think Sting would have ever been believable in that role as the leader of the NWO. So it 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 had to be Hogan, right? I mean, I don't see anyone else it could have been. I mean, because he was so marquee. And, I mean, this was kind of basically a... You know how you just said he was trying to protect his image? This was basically a rebirth for him. Yes. Because, I mean, he was... Stale. I mean, yes. We we knew. I mean, we've already talked about in our first show that we ever did about you know how he was kind of stale at the WWF level, and you know, I mean, he was getting booed in the WWF before he left. Right. His character had already kind of run its course in WCW, and fans were getting tired of him being the top babyface. Yeah. Of course, it was hard for him to connect to the Southern crowd. He's a he's Hulk Hogan. Yes. But he's still a he's still he's still a federation guy. Yeah. Everybody still puts him with Vince McMahon. Yeah. So while he was still getting over and it was still a big deal, he didn't connect with them nearly as well as I think they thought he would. Right. So Hogan comes out, he turns heel. We're off like a shot. We have Hogan, Hall, and Nash. They officially call themselves the New World Order. Will you take a guess? So let's. Let's use Bash at the Beach 96. Do you know the exact date of Bash at the Beach 96? June something. June something. You're actually wrong. It's July 7th. Oh, July 7th. So let's take basically July through December. Okay. Six months, right? Do you know? We had, what, about 27 members join the NWO about that time frame? You're not too far off, Okay. (laughs) We had 12. Wow. But That's two a month. Wait till you hear some of these names. Okay? So you start out hot, right? right. But then names like Fake Sting, Vincent, a.k.a. Virgil, Buff Bagwell, and the Nasty Boys. Now, their, their tenure in the NWO was short-lived, about a week. But... Nonetheless, they were still in the NWO. 
those names have no business being in the NWO. No, it's just ring fillers. Ring fillers. But my problem is, and I told you this, they, they're so hot and so fresh at this point, they don't need ring fillers. Right. You and I have joked that they're that – they're, if you weren't ever offered a spot in the NWO, then you're a nobody. Right. I mean, and if you weren't in the NWO, then they didn't think very much of you. Well, because, I mean, towards the end – I mean, at one point, the NWO would fill the ring like – a freaking Royal Rumble. Right. They had 30 or 40 guys easy. They, they could have they could have had their own battle royale just with the NWO. I mean, when you start putting guys. And that was before the Wolfpack. When you start putting guys like Scott Norton and Stevie Ray, like you're, le- you're legit just putting guys in the NWO just to have them there. So, the, the way that I want to look at this this week, and I hope you are thinking the same, we got our three – Top-tier guys. Mm-hmm. We have our tag team and our world champion in Hall, Nash, and Hogan. I want to look at two additional guys that we can add. Because you remember, WCW has the cruiserweight division. Right. And they have the United States title. That's, yeah. their, that's their secondary belt. Now, had they gotten rid of the TV title at this point? I want to say I want to say so. If if it was there, it was it was in this dying. It, it was not what it was when it was on six oh five. Right. Yeah. It it was in its dying days. So I want to get rid of everybody right now except those three, and I want to us to book who we think those two spots. They could be people. I mean, just looking at the list, I know who I'm going to pick. Right. Well, I mean, six has to be the cruiserweight champion. Has to be. Or X-Pac or six-Pac, whatever you want to call him. He right. was X-Pac and DX, and right. he was six there. So right. So He was a one, two, three kid at one point. Well, and he was six because he was the sixth member. Oh, I thought it was because one, two, three added up to six. That's it probably does. I mean, who knows? I, it, it could be both. But, so, I totally agree with that. Yeah. And then – I probably let the giant. I probably keep the giant in. He was. I mean, if you remember Paul White in 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 1996, he was seven foot three, maybe 300 pounds, and he could move like a like a deer. I mean, just agile in the ring. He was doing drop kicks. He was flying off the top rope. Like he was doing some 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 really cool stuff. Right. So. I think that would be my five. I think I would have Hall, Nash, Hogan, Six, and the Giant. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a pretty good five. Yes. That pretty much could take out anybody anybody they needed to. Right. You don't need 4,000 guys. Just keep it simple. Well, and, you know, I remember watching – during this time. I mean, everybody, like you said, flipped back and forth. What I remember about it the most is it got to be, holy crap, he's turned two. Yep. There's another one. Yep. And then it's like there weren't enough guys in the WCW side of the, the thing to combat it. Right. And then along came Goldberg, right? I mean, right. eventually, and that's that's when the tide started turning a little bit that way. But, but yeah, that that's what I remember 
about it the most is like it was cool at the beginning. Right. And then it got really old right. really fast. Right. And the fact that they added 12 members in six months, you know, just read off who those 12 are. Okay, so Hall, Nash, Hogan. Yeah. Giant. Yeah. Ted DiBiase. Okay. Now, he wasn't a wrestler. Fake Sting. Six. Vincent. Virgil. Buff Bagwell. Eric Bischoff. Nasty Boys. So, essentially, the five that we talked about are the five legitimate wrestlers on the whole list. Mm-hmm. Also, and then you got two mouthpieces in Eric and DiBiase. Which brings me, which save that in your back pocket. That's, okay. That I have another, I have another scenario question about them in a little bit. Right. Fake Sting was there because Sting had disappeared, right? And he had he I, at this time he. I don't remember exactly how long he was gone before he showed up in the rafters. And then you got Virgil, who's nothing. The Nasty Boys was unnecessary. You know, so, yeah. I mean, th- there's 12 guys on that list. And like you said, there's no reason to have more than the five. And this doesn't. And a, mouth, like, and a mouthpiece. And this doesn't include Nick Patrick, who became the NWO referee. Right, which was awful as well. <laughs> Yeah. So, here's the first thing I have them do. Obviously, how do you and I like our factions? We like them to do they what? They need all the gold. They need all the gold. Yeah. So, I have Hogan with the world title, okay, because I don't think he's going to let anybody else in that group get the world title. Right. Not right now. Hall and Nash, they're already a tag team. They're the outsiders. They get the tag team belts. Right. Six, really good cruiserweight. He, he takes the cruiserweight right. belt. And then you have maybe one of the most dominating U.S. champions right. in Giant. Yeah. You know, something they never did that always bothered me. What did Hogan always do to Big Gold? Spray paint the NWO on it. Why didn't they do that to the rest of the titles? Nameplate wasn't big enough to get the spray paint on? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. So the first thing I do, anytime they win a title, I have them in a ceremony – Spray paint NWO in the center of that belt every time. The black spray paint may have been one of the most iconic things that happened from night one. When right. they when they rolled Savage over in the ring and spray painted NWO on his back. Yep. And uh, who was the other one? Luger. Luger. They they they, they did it to him too, didn't they? Uh, no, they spray painted the ring. Yeah, the ring. The ring and Savage. I mean that was that was big. Yeah, it's like oh my gosh. Right. And I mean, heck, they spray painted everything. Well, and then they would do they'd get the yellow and they'd spray paint a yellow streak down your back. Like, yeah. I love I love the spray paint thing, and I would so I would spray paint all the titles. Any yeah. anytime they anytime they won the title, I would spray paint the titles. Yeah. I would also continue spray paint like, you know how Nexus came out and they just destroyed everything. Yes. I would have NWO do the same thing. Maybe every week. And and it wouldn't always be the same segment. I may have them in the mid-card match, jump out, and come down the ring, destroy everybody, you know, rip off turnbuckles, spray paint the NWO in the middle of the ring, and then we finish the rest of the show with a destroyed ring with NWO paint all it. Like, and, then the, and then the time they took over Monday Night Raw. Like, 
they had so many good angles, but like WW like WCW oftentimes they didn't know what was next. Their focus became let's just get through this week. Let's get through this week, we'll worry about next week, next week. There was no <laughs> this has been a common theme. There were no seeds that were planted. And, and and if there were seeds that were planted, they definitely didn't give them they're trying to put heat lamps and stuff on them to make them grow faster. Like, yeah. no, just let it naturally go. And and that's you know when you get when when you talk about members, just just let members naturally happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, in time, it doesn't have to be forced. I mean, NWO was a thing for from that point on to the end to the day they closed the doors. I was just sitting here looking. I was just curious. Because we was talking about letting it build and stuff. So you said the pay-per-view Bash of Beach was July the 7th. Mm-hmm. So Hall showed up. I'm sorry, Nash showed up June 10th. Scott Hall was two weeks prior to that. So just like the end of May. So they started. I, I, I want to say like May 27th. Yeah. So they started the angle at the end of May. So a month and a half. Well, not even really. To be honest with you. By the time Nash shows up, less than a month from the time that the outsiders outsiders are there to the creation of the NWO. The outsiders. I can't. I can't tell you. I can't go back and and tell you what happened in that month. I mean, I know, but what I was thinking is the reason I thought about that is because you was talking about the destruction part of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's like. Didn't Hall and Nash do some destruction type stuff in that in that month? I feel like that they did. Like they come knock the the desk chairs off and Well, they power bombed Eric Bischoff through the stage when he was trying to interview him at Slambury or something yeah. that year. Uh they would do that stuff. They'd come in and interfere in matches and stuff. Yeah. So they had kind of started laying the groundwork there. Yeah. But I think like when you grow so big it's more believable for guys like Hogan, Hall, Nash, the Giant to come and beat the crap out of people. Right. When you start throwing those are four big dudes. When you start throwing Conan and Buff Bagwell and uh, Juventud Guerrero and Steve, like I don't even know if Juventud was in it, but he probably was. When you start Disco Inferno, when you start throwing people like that and just put them in the NWO, it's like one, it cheapens the product. Yeah. It went from because when you, I mean. From July 7th till the end of the year, they added 12 people. 13 if you want to count Nick Patrick. Yeah. Like, there's no sense in that. Why are we doing this? Well, like I said, though, they added all those people to do nothing. To do nothing. You had... DiBiase and Virgil and, well, all them, they didn't wrestle. No. The Nasty Boys wrestled a little bit, but their their tenure in WCW wasn't very long, I don't think. and it wasn't very good. Yeah. But... I'm like, with those five guys, if you take those five core guys, that's more than enough. And and I look when I when I when I look at WCW and I try to do some sort of fantasy booking, you know, Starcade is their big pay per view. Do you know the pay per view that I circle that I build towards? It's Fall Brawl. Because what happens at Fall Brawl? The uh, double cage. The war games. War games. So, you have five guys. 
We just talked about AEW have has a ten man street fight that is going to be goofy. Let's put a ten man yeah. war games. Yeah, you got you know, and I mean it would be easier to get the five WCW guys. I mean, you know, it's automatically going to be Luger and uh, and uh, Macho Man because they're well, the ones that got run over in the. Well, and it was Fall Brawl that Sting basically quit WCW because that's when fake Sting came down and they thought that it was the real Sting and Luger sold him. And he was like, no, Sting's my friend and I know that was Sting. So Sting comes down at the end of that match and beats the crap out of the NWO members that are there. And uh, then he yells something at Luger and says, is this enough proof now? And he follows that up with the um, with the promo the next night on uh, WCW and basically tells the fans to stick it. Yeah. So, now, I teased a segment, and the segment that I teased was, you talk about Ted DiBiase and Eric Bischoff, two yeah. mouthpieces. So, it makes me think, Why did they need both of them? So I want to debate. I think uh, Bischoff just wanted to be on TV. I tend to think, I think you're he right. just wanted to be cool and be on TV. So, so I want to debate and I want to discuss and weigh the options. Who would have been a better mouthpiece? They don't necessarily need a mouthpiece. I don't know if you've heard Hogan on the mic. Right, Hogan's pretty good. Well, Hogan, Hall, Nash—they're all pretty good. Yeah. Okay. I don't necessarily know that they need a mouthpiece. But if you wanted to put a mouthpiece, so to speak, with them, and our options were Eric Bischoff and Ted DiBiase, who are you picking and why? I'm picking Ted DiBiase because of the money, the million-dollar man. Mm-hmm. Everything, Everybody has a price. You know, that he could have totally played that. You know, it, really, to be honest with you, they could if if they were going to use that in DBLC, they could have brought him in ahead of the time mm-hmm. and been like, you know, when 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 Hogan turned, he's standing outside the ring. <laughs> I told you, everybody's got a price, right? You know, I mean, well, and and you start with him in the crowd because, and you have Shivoni and Bobby Heenan. Really play it up. Like, what's he doing here? Right. That's Ted DiBiase. Yeah. And, of course, you know, he looks, the camera pans to him, and he does the he does the money thing with his hand. And, you know, so you're like, and, and, and I think you show him a week or two. Like, yeah. it's so weird. What's he doing here? Well, then Scott Hall comes, does yeah. his thing. They leave together. Yeah. So then you start seeing them together. Yeah. And then you start because that's your third WWE guy because yeah. people are going to associate Ted DiBiase with the WWE, right? And then you come out with Kevin Nash, and he's you know, and he can be in the corner. He can just talk about you know, I'm a million dollar man. I have I have more money than billionaire Ted. I'm my plan is to put billionaire Ted out of business, and it's going to start. It's gonna, it's you know the tides are starting to turn or whatever whatever the promo he's gonna cut, 
but I, I too, uh, think that that Ted DiBiase makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, I tend to think that Eric Bischoff just wanted to be on TV. Yeah. I mean, you could have played Bischoff as the general manager in a in a face role and been on TV trying to build these WCW teams to try to shut down the WD and the NWO. And something just something just popped in my head. I think you could have had Bischoff play the Vince McMahon, and I've already said it once on the show today, it was me, Austin, it was me all along. You have him keep trying to put these WCW teams together, and, and basically he's just continually feeding them to these five NWO guys, putting them in matchups that you know it looks like they're in their favor and it ends up not, and they end up all beat up and battered. You can get length out of that. And then eventually, I think eventually you could have Bischoff show up that it was me all the time. Well, and you could have built to the fall brawl thing like you were talking about, the mm-hmm. war games, and have him put his super team together in that, and then him turn on his team, mm-hmm. and then join the NWO. Right. You know, I mean, there, there's a lot of longevity that could have been there. And I mean, like I said, they used the NWO for four years. Right. It didn't go away. No. So it didn't have to have fuel on the fire and the gas pedal going 100 miles a minute. I mean, they, it, they literally could have built it for a long time. And like you said, every once in a while, grab another member. I don't I don't have a problem with the fact that the NWO may have eventually wound up at eight, or eight nine, ten guys. Right. Because they had a lot of guys on that roster. Right. And they had a lot of TV time to fill. I mean, they they were competing with, you know, WWF. They were doing two shows. Right. Just just like, you know, right. SmackDown and, and uh, Raw. So they had guys that could, they could fill the time slots with. But those 12 guys are not the right 12 guys. They are I not. Mean, I mean, they, they – and, you know, Buff Bagwell is a really good follower. But, I mean, he was not very good in the ring. Right. Um, and so, I, he just wouldn't have been one that I would have used. Eventually, I think Macho Man joined. I mean – He does. Macho Man joins. Conan joins. Um, and I can see Conan. The Giant. Well, he's already in. Uh, Macho. Uh, Luger eventually joins, right? Uh, and and this is all prior to the war. And, you know, and and Luger could have been, it could have been Luger that turns on him yeah. at War Games, right? Like I think there's so much, but then, uh, yeah, but it didn't have to be three months later. It could have been the the War Games the following year, right? <laughs> um, which would have kind of been a neat uh, a neat spin on it is if you know you had they thought because they introduced. I will say, I do enjoy the fake Sting persona leading up to Fall Brawl to put doubt in people's heads. But when Fall Brawl was over and you saw that it wasn't Sting, then get rid of that character. And that dude's still around. And his name is Fake Sting. Yeah. No, NWO Sting is what his wrestling name is. He goes to all these conventions and signs autographs. We're going to see him in a couple weeks, I think. I think he's going to be back at WrestleCade. Sure he will. And we'll walk right past him like we did last time. I have have no desire to go meet the NWO thing. Now, I don't know that a lot of people know this. The NWO started. It didn't really start. But it started around the same time in Japan as well. They had an NWO Japan. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, like, Fake Sting went back. 
and he was part of the NWO Japan. So uh, NWO Japan had a bunch of different members. Uh, It started in, let's see when it started. It started in 96 as well, and they were trying to feed off of the WCW hysteria. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, the great Muda was in the NWO Japan. Uh, Big Bubba, who was the big boss man, um, he was in the NWO Japan. Uh, NWO Sting, uh, Michael Wall Street, IRS, he was in NWO Japan. Uh, Masahiro Chono, uh, Scott Norton, and then a, a lot of a lot of a lot of Japanese wrestlers. But I mean NWO, and I want to say maybe. NWO is still a thing in Japan? Not sure. Hmm. But I heard a funny story this week. I don't guess it's really a funny story. But I kind of chuckled. And it's uh, so Vincent, we said that Vincent was one of the first 12 members in the first six months of the NWO. Did you know that originally it was supposed to be Charles Wright? Now, Charles Wright may not ring a bell to you if I call him Charles Wright. But if I call him the Godfather, or I call him Papa Shango, yeah. or Kama Mustafa, you know who I'm talking about. Right. So, the Godfather had a handshake verbal agreement with WCW to come in and be the bodyguard of the NWO. Ron Simmons tried to talk him out of it. said, you don't want to go there. You, you don't, you, you're going to have a hard time connecting with the crowd. You, they look at you as a New York guy. You just don't want to go there. He decided, he's like, no, no, I think I'm going to do it. He had all intentions of going and signing the contract official to make, to, to make it official. And he said he was watching Monday Night uh, Nitro one night, and Vincent came out in the bodyguard role. I really like the Godfather as the bodyguard of the NWO. Yeah. Because he just he's got the tattoos and he's got he's got the he's got the brain like he just looks like a guy that would be a bodyguard. Right. Of course, he has been bouncer. If you know, he's been a bouncer at clubs. So uh, imagine. I mean, boy, if you, if you're if you're the Godfather and you're looking at that and you're like, wait a minute, they chose him over me. Right. Well, and then. The Nation of Domination hadn't started yet at this time. I don't it was think. Getting, the WWE was getting ready to go through there where they had like 17 factions. Yeah. So if it hadn't started, it was getting ready to. Yeah. I'm, I'm, bet, I'm betting it was. I'm, I'm betting it was getting really close to, to starting on that. So, uh, I'll look at it real quick. So... I think, to kind of start closing this show down, I think the NWO, while it was very successful. November 17th, 1996. So. A lot of stuff happened in 96. Right, 96 was a big year. That was a big year of wrestling. So, um, while I think the NWO, for what it was, was insanely successful. I think that their rapid growth and the randomness of wrestlers that they put in the faction really 
cheapened the product Mm -hmm. and really kept down something that could have been very special. I mean, you keep it five guys. You t- it's a it's a close knit group. They take all the gold. They're beating everybody up. They're they're doing whatever they want to. Nobody can stop them. They're running rough rough shot over the whole company. That's got some miles. They were probably the closest thing to the horseman that you know of, of a you know of a longevity type faction until they overstimulated themselves and got all this stuff going right i mean you, what <laughs> just laughing yeah. at you we talked about it on one of our um, blunder shows didn't we talk about it on the blunder shows about how they had the NWO Wolfpack and the end, yeah. you know, and all that stuff. It got to the point that it had so many members they had to split it into two factions. Right. Well, and I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, you look. I mean, some of the members worked out eventually. That they like, you know, it was Macho Man obviously worked out. Um, Dennis Rodman, I think he worked out. Like some of them worked out, but then other uh, Scott Steiner. Listen, say what you want to about uh, Mr. Mathematician himself, but I was a fan of Scott Steiner in the NWO. Yeah. I don't think Scott Steiner becomes nearly as big a star as he as he did if he didn't have that NWO run. Right. Um, and I'm glad that guys like Booker T and, Gl- and guys like DDP and Goldberg, I'm glad that they stayed away from the NWO, like that they never joined. Uh, Booker did obviously join in WWF uh, or WWE at that time whenever they tried to rebrand the NWO and then like Shawn Michaels was the leader it was bad it was real bad but I enjoyed that the good guys the white hats stayed away they didn't they couldn't get any of them to turn yeah Uh, but you didn't need that many guys well you know and you talk about Goldberg I mean, the NWO fed the success of, of Goldberg. Right, because it was just guy after guy after guy. Yeah, and he was he was the savior. He was. He was the guy that was finally here to take down take him down. And then when he won the the world title, which we've talked about, missed opportunity. Blunder. They, they gave that away on for free on, on TV. Um, but I mean that was huge. It was almost it. like a reverse Dusty Horseman angle. Yeah. And it was instead of Dusty chasing the Horseman, it was the Horseman chasing Dusty. Yeah. So when he won the title, then it became the NWO chasing Goldberg. Yeah. Which was kind of a neat storyline. Yeah. But by then we had I don't know just just north of 6000 members in in <laughs> NWO I think. Right. And I mean, it got so bad. Do you do you remember when they had their own pay-per-view? Yes. And only NWO wrestlers could wrestle on the NWO pay-per-view? Yeah. AEW's almost at that point with WWE wrestlers. They're going to be able to have a WWE pay-per-view where only WWE wrestlers get to wrestle <laughs> on the card. Right. You know, but, I mean, this was 25 years ago. 
Yeah. When you have that many guys that you have thrown, like, think about what would have happened to the four horsemen if you look up and it's okay. So I mean, we know that the you know the the greatest version of the four horsemen, Flair, Anderson, Tully, Barry Wendell. The original four horsemen, Flair, Anderson, Anderson, and Blanchard. That's Ole and Arn. What if they just never let and then it? So then they just added Barry Windham, and then they just added Lex Luger, and then they just added Sid Vicious, and then, oh, Sting was there for a short bit, and then they added Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit and Mongo McMichael, and even the – Jeff Jarrett? He wasn't really a horseman. But they add Jeff Jarrett, and they add Paul Roma, and what if they just never kicked anybody out? Yeah. How can you call yourself the four horsemen? There's 44 guys. Yeah. It's the 44 horsemen. Hold up the double fours. Yeah. It's the 44 horsemen. It sounds like a dang stampede whenever. <laughs> and you're like, oh, is that their music? No, that's the guys walking down. Yeah, that's Colt 44. Right. That's, that's what they are now. Right. It's like, but it wouldn't have had the same effect. Right. Why did the horsemen work? Because they were a group of four that would, at any means necessary to win, they always held gold. And they didn't care who they had to beat up to get it. Right. And, I mean, and they didn't care how they did it. And the recipe was there for the NWO. And listen, I'm not knocking the NWO at all because it worked. But we didn't need to grow at the white-hot, you know, pace that they were. Right. Just keep, you know, sometimes I think we overcomplicate something as simple as professional wrestling. While it's very complex inside the ring, what goes on outside, the storytelling, the the bit, just keep it simple. Yeah. Have those four guys just beat the mortal heck out of everybody that gets uh, that, that's across the ring from. And they don't even have to be across the ring from. What happens? So one of the matches on uh, Fall Brawl 96 was a match that happened pretty often. It was Harlem Heat versus the Nasty Boys. There was also Harlem Heat at this time also feuded with Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater. Uh, And that was when uh, Colonel Robert Parker had his love affair with Sister Sherry. I don't know if you – you probably don't. I remember that. Do you remember that? So those, those three teams are pretty often fighting in a match. At Fall Brawl, it was Harlem Heat versus the Nasty Boys. You should, I mean, if that, it, I'm sure that match took place at like a Nitro too as well. They should have just come down and just cleaned house. Leave all four of them laying in the ring and beat up Robert Parker while, you, while, while you're at it. Yeah. Just, I, you know, whenever you have the numbers, of course you're going to win a lot because you have the numbers game. Right. And while I, in some regards, that's okay. I don't think you needed those high of numbers. I think it would. Well, have, I mean, I think it would have been more successful if you kept it a low number. Yeah. I mean, look at Roman and what they're doing with them. There's three of those guys, and, and how and, and they're cleaning house. How many times had the have the smart marks? You've seen stories out there where like, they're going to add a new person. Naomi's going to join. Yeah. Tamina's going to join. Oh, the Usos brother, he's now that he's going to yeah. join. They're going to bring. Why? There's no sense in them joining. Yeah. It works. Yeah. 
Roman and the Usos. And you talk about the length. I mean, when you're talking about that, I mean, we're going a long time on Roman being champion right now. Over a year. And I don't think there's any end in sight. They're going to – they listen, one thing that whoever is writing this story is doing right is they have given it time, and they're going to continually feed him a steady line – of baby faces, sprinkling a Brock Lesnar match every now and then. It's coming down the pike, guys. Listen, you hear it sprinkling the rock here eventually. Yeah. Okay? And the, the one thing for sure is when we finally get the payoff of whoever's going to beat him. Huge. It will be gigantic. You edge. have made you have made edge. that person. It's gonna be edge. It's not gonna be edge. It's gonna be edge. You have made that person a megastar. Yeah. Just by beating Roman. Yeah. So. And I mean, we may be six hundred days in at that point, or or more. I mean, it's over four hundred days now, right? Right. I mean, we do know this for sure. He's beating. He's going to beat Brock Lesnar's record, which beat. CM Punk's record. Phil Brooks. So, it, it's going to be... Roman's going to be at the top of that list. Mm-hmm. The question is, is once he loses, then what happens? Well, and you and I have talked. I don't think he can lose clean. Yeah. It has to be wonky. Uh, but, I fear right now, if you take the belt off of him, and then we're going to finish up with the NWO. If you take the belt off of him at this point, you're going to do more damage than you are good. Yeah. Uh, because I think that belt and Roman are kind of synonymous right now. Yeah. But getting back to the Sorry, NWO. Sorry, didn't aim to get sideways there. It's just one of those things that kind of. It. I mean, it's organic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we gave that time. Yeah. Sean, we didn't yeah. rush that. Right. You know, and at the end of the day, it's our show. Our topic can be the NWO. If we want to sprinkle in a little bloodline talk, then we can sprinkle in a little bloodline talk. It just kind of went hand in hand with what we were talking about. I mean, we talked earlier about the super click and the elite. We can talk. I mean, we can talk factions all day long. It would basically be the AEW roster, but we can talk factions all day long. Yep. So, I think the NWO, for all the positives, all the good things that happened, one of their biggest downfalls is they grew too fast. I think we have... We have beat that horse to pieces. Yeah. So, I think we keep it small. I think we keep small numbers. So, I think we keep it the five we talked about. Hall, Nash, Hogan, Six, the Giant. I give all five of those members the gold. I have all five belts spray painted. I give them Ted DiBiase as the mouthpiece. Not really mouthpiece. He's just kind of the... The guy with the money. And I think we make that clear. With Ted's money, we can do anything. You you can find us, he'll pay it. Yeah. You can you can try to bar us out, he'll buy our own arena. He'll 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 rent out our own arena. You whatever you want to do, you, you want to strip us of our titles, he'll buy us new titles. Whatever you try to do, Ted's got us. Yeah. So I think that combination takes what was something special. The NWO was special. And it's something we'll never see again. And it makes it magical. Mm -hmm. What could happen if we just made those changes 
I think would be, I mean, would be something that it's hard for me to even fathom how good it could be. Right. And they go down as one of the greatest factions ever anyways. Right. And that was with all of the blunders after the fact. Right. So, but when we thought, when we talk about it, when we talked about our uh, Mount Rushmore of factions, we were, we were talking about these five guys. Right. You know, we weren't talking about the 47,000 members of right. NWO. We was talking about the, the the initial, you know, blast of that. So Right. Another solid show. Right. I think I so. I mean, I mean I, this this is another one of those topics that you literally could could talk about for two plus hours. Well, and you yeah. and I have talked. There, we're just talking about the first six months of the NWO. Right. There's four years of it. Right. You know? Like, I, listen, this won't be the last NWO topic that, oh, we, I'm sure, that, that we have. I'm sure not. I'm sure not. But. It was one of those uh, good ones. So, next week's episode will be our SummerSlam Survivor Series Spectacular. Um, And we talked about we're going to... I'm really excited about that show. And you weren't. I I wasn't. I wasn't. You were dreading it, weren't you? Well, and I mean, you know, I don't want to spoil about it or anything like that. Just the fact that I told you... It wasn't one of those pay-per-views when I was a kid that, that we bought, right? I had to be able to utilize the opportunities that I had when mom would let me buy uh-huh. a pay-per-view. And it always had to be WrestleMania, and it was generally Royal Rumble. That was two the two that I normally got. I, I normally didn't get SummerSlam and, and Survivor Series. But Survivor Series, on the surface... You don't think has a lot of great moments until I until I dropped until I dropped some stuff. Oh on yes, I can. I, I really can't wait. It's going to be a different type of show. We're still going to do our. Uh, we'll do our Mount Rushmore. Uh, we've got a topic for that, but the rest of the show I think we can tell them that topic. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to do a Mount Rushmore of our favorite. Well, of our. Our favorite, favorite Survivor Series teams. Yeah, yeah, our favorite Survivor Series teams. So yeah, so that'll be our Mount Rushmore on that. And then uh, I'm not telling I'm not telling you what the topic of the rest of the show is because nope. that's that's going to be. It's not going yeah. to be like the SummerSlam show that we put together. Right. Um, it's. Listen, if you don't know that a lot of big stuff has happened at Survivor Series, bro. Yeah. Lady, we go are out. Going and, to blow your mind. <laughs> listen. Strap in, get you a popcorn, get you a soda, and just remember the good times. Let the yeah. good times roll, as the song says. Right. So that'll be next week's episode. And we then, might even talk about the gobbly googer. Yeah. And then we're going to have two straight, uh, we'll have a two-part episode on the uh, AEW versus WWE versus us. And then we roll into December. And December's fun. And... I'm really excited about December shows. So, and then we wrap up the year, man. We're uh, like, can you believe that, man? We this is episode seventeen. Seventeen. Seventeen of our main show, right? And then we've got seventeen Mount Rushmore. So we've technically put thirty-four, you know, shows out. Listen, if you have a a fan, a, a friend, a family member, uh, somebody you work with that is a wrestling fan, maybe if they were and they used to like wrestling and they've kind of gotten out of it. Tell them about our show. 
we have enough content out there for them to have plenty to listen to. It's not just one or two shows. We we just told you we have 34 shows out there between our two. Right. There's lots of episodes we talk about, lots of – I mean, I'm an old school guy. I haven't said that in a few weeks, okay? Right. I'm an old school guy. So we talk about lots of old school stuff. Uh, we talk about new school stuff. We just talk about pro wrestling. Yeah. You know, one, one, of our, one of our regular listeners has told us that this show has made him – Start to get back into wrestling. Yeah. You know, one of those guys that kind of faded out after The Rock and Austin left. Well, and the cool part about it was, is it started out as a friend supporting friends with their podcast. Right. Now he's addicted. Right. Right? He's even a sponsor. He's a sponsor. So, I mean, it's like, and I think it gives me goosies Goosies. to say that, right? Yeah. Because, I'll be honest with you, I had no idea when he looked at me and said, hey, I just want to tell you, I'm addicted. I'm like, addicted to what? <laughs> and he goes, corner to corner. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? I, I would have never guessed it. Right. You know, so that's what's cool. Right. right. And a lot of people are listening. My mom listens, which is cool. You know, so we have people that, I mean, I think I even saw the other day that we've had somebody listen from Germany. So that's kind of cool. Shout out to Germany. Right. So, so that's awesome. So. Man, I know we got to wrap this up. We're at an hour and eight minutes now. We're way into this. Well, I want to say one thing before I give a shout-out to our sponsors. Okay. Uh, it is, of course, November 11th. I know the show will drop in a few days, but November 11th is Veterans Day. I want to take this opportunity to thank any and all veterans. Thank you for your service to our country, to our freedom, and all the sacrifices that you made along the way. I'm saluting, and you can't see it, but I am saluting. I, I, I second what he said there. I do support all of that and we thank you greatly for all that you do for our country absolutely so with that being said let's wrap this show up with a couple sponsor shout outs we're going to shout out to bread claws and crouch family bakery sling and fresh bread daily heiner's white bread the best there is the best there was the best there ever will be of white bread sean's playing his air guitar right now and Darren's Dashing Dinners and Computer Repair. Sweet! See you next week. That wraps up this episode from Corner to Corner. Tune in each Saturday as we discuss some of the biggest moments in pro wrestling history. Be sure to like our Facebook page and click us a follow on the podcast. Until next time, this is Sean. And this is Neil. Stay safe, friends.